Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel of Luke, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in the beginning, God created. You probably know the rest of how this goes. God created the world and everything in it, and God created mankind. Man and woman as the last and greatest piece of his creation. After he had finished that day of creation, he looked at everything and saw, not that it was good like every other day, but that it was very good. Now I can't imagine what those first moments of creation in the garden were like for Adam and Eve. We don't know how closely connected they were to God, what kind of relationship they had with him if they daily walked and talked with God in the garden or not. We don't even know how much time passes before Adam and Eve ruin everything by eating the fruit God told them not to. What we do know about their relationship is that God's presence was in the garden. He made himself available, known in the garden. We know this because after Adam and Eve's sin, the Lord was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And then Adam and Eve hear this and they hide because they have sinned and they're ashamed. And thus, the game of hide and seek was born. And the world was changed forever. Not because of the game of hide and seek, but because of sin. Because one of the effects of sin is separation from God. Sin creates a divide. Sin also leads to death, as God had told Adam. And God is not a liar, even though Satan tried to make it look like that to tempt Eve. It just wasn't instantaneous like they might have imagined. Certainly, this is talking about physical death. That's why God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden so they cannot eat from the tree of life and live forever. This is also talking about spiritual death. Hell, damnation, eternal separation from God for those who don't believe. This is the punishment that all of us deserve. But there is hope. Sure, God no longer dwells with mankind in the same way. However, he appears to them multiple times throughout the Old Testament and will eventually set up his presence in the most holy place of the tabernacle and later temple, through the mercy seat on top of the Ark of the Covenant. He would establish sacrifices as the way to receive the forgiveness of sins. The animals would atone for the sins of the people. But on earth, God would now become separate from man because of sin. There's this invisible wall that has been made because of the fall. And on earth, within the temple, There was the curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place, the holy of holies, where God dwelt. And you could only enter the most holy place on the day of atonement. That's how special being in the presence of God was. Now you hear all of this and might think, what does this have to do with our gospel reading? In fact, it has everything to do with our gospel reading. Sometimes when we don't always understand God's word, 
which happens even to the best of us. And you might even thought that hearing some of the gospel reading for today. Well, we have this phrase where we let scripture interpret scripture. This is most beneficial for us today. Because the key to understanding what's being said in the gospel is understanding the connection with the Old Testament. The portion we want to look at is Jesus' lament over Jerusalem, or Jesus' sorrow over Jerusalem, as it's called. And you can imagine Jesus looking out over the city, and he says these things. The Pharisees tell Jesus that Herod Antipas wants to kill him, which may or may not have been true, or they were just trying to get rid of him. Jesus says, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, casting out demons, doing miracles, until I finish my course, my telus, which you might remember when we went through Philippians, help for the hurried life. And the telus is the goal. And what's Jesus' goal? Well, he tells us in the next verse that he is going to die, but a prophet only dies within Jerusalem. And what Jesus has now laid out here is he is identifying himself as a prophet. And then in the next verse, he'll talk about the prophets, the hens and the chicks, and then the house being forsaken. Now Jesus is the last and final prophet sent from God because he was the one prophesied about. We know, of course, that his destination is Jerusalem. We see that on Palm Sunday, which is coming up in a few weeks. And then he enters the temple. Now often, prophets were sent by God, spoke the voice of God, his message, on behalf of God. And here, Jesus is speaking as God, as his sent one. Now Jesus goes full Jeremiah in this text, who we heard from a little in the Old Testament reading. Jeremiah was telling Jerusalem that they would be destroyed by the Babylonians unless they repented. They don't repent. And the temple was destroyed in 586 BC. That house, the temple, was left desolate, forsaken. Jesus basically quotes Jeremiah here. And we'll come back to that house. And he talks about Jerusalem killing the prophets. Now, Jeremiah was threatened with death many times. And we do know Jeremiah is killed along with many other prophets in the Old Testament. Like Isaiah, Ezekiel, Amos, and Micah. How is Jeremiah killed? He's stoned, exactly as Jesus mentions. Now, they did try and stone Jesus once, but he slipped away. Jesus then talks about being like a hen with wings protecting her children. Now, the Old Testament is full of verses that talk about finding shelter under the wings of God, because there you find comfort, protection, defense. And while this image of wings is great, it doesn't just lead us to birds. It leads us to the Ark of the Covenant. On the top of the Ark of the Covenant were two cherubim, angels, with wings that were outstretched over the mercy seat, the seat of atonement, where Israel found their protection, comfort, defense, through God's prophets, his messengers. This most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was kept was God keeping his promise to dwell with his people again in a different way. The temple was the house of the Lord. 
But remember, how does Jesus end this gospel reading? By telling them that their house would be forsaken. Or as the NIV says, it would be left desolate. Again, that's directly from Jeremiah. Jesus, as the prophet, speaks God's words. He longed to protect them under his wings, and they keep running away, keep running away to other idols. They turned his house, which was meant for that protection, shelter, they turned his house into a house of idolatry, rather than seeking refuge under his wings. The house will be left destroyed. The house will be left desolate, forsaken. We know that the house of the Lord, the temple in Jerusalem, is destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. It's this. But you can also look at it as the temple will be left desolate, will be abandoned when the prophet of God dies in Jerusalem. Remember, what happens when Jesus was crucified? The curtain of the temple is torn in two. We often think about that as us being able to enter the most holy place, the holy of holies, as we now have direct access to God. That the reason the curtain temple was torn in two was for us to get in. True. But maybe the curtain temple is torn in two for God to leave. You see, we have no need for the most holy place anymore. Because God no longer dwells there. He's leaving it. He's leaving his temple. There is no more day of atonement where the high priest enters the most holy place and sprinkles blood on the mercy seat, the seat of atonement. There is no longer a need for sacrifices because Jesus became the final sacrifice, the final atonement. He sheds his blood for the sins of the world, for your sins, mine, for all people. That place will no longer be the place of God for us. God establishes a new dwelling place for us. That is what the prophet Ezekiel foretold. That new dwelling place of God would be with his people. And this is twofold. The first is God dwells with his people in Jesus Christ. That's John chapter 1 verse 14. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The glory of God's that was reserved for the most holy place is found in Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And the history of the garden repeats itself. Some people walk and talk with him, and some hide from him in their shame, and others plot to destroy him. The same goes for all of us. Through worship, prayer, the study of God's word, the sacraments, we walk and talk with God in faith. This is all possible by the power of the Holy Spirit, who was sent by Jesus to us after his death and resurrection, after he won for us the forgiveness of our sins and our eternal life. What sin destroyed, Christ restored. When sin separated us from God, Christ brought us back. The Holy Spirit creates faith in us to believe this. Yet still today, some people hide from God in their sin, in their shame, and in their unbelief.
And Christ will come again to dwell with his people forever. That's the second part that Revelation tells us about. Christ's final return to dwell with us for all eternity. He has established for us a new temple, a new house, and that is the church. And when he comes again, we will see fully that he is the new house, the new temple, and we will dwell with him from everlasting to everlasting. And the only response we can give to him is the same response Jesus received on Palm Sunday. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen.